Hi, my name is Kate McGaw and I am the CEO of Arclight Agile and welcome to our podcast. And I'm Brian Smith. I'm a certified product owner and an advanced Scrum professional Scrum master. And today we are going to talk about high performing teams, what it takes to be one, what are the features of them, high performing teams. We all want to get there. But what do we really mean by it? So I think, Kate, you had a definition you wanted to share? Yeah, I have a definition from the Society of Human Resource Management. I think it's um, abbreviated to SHRM. But I really like this definition of a high-performing team. A high-performance team refers to a group of goal-focused individuals with specialized expertise and complementary skills who collaborate, innovate, and produce consistently superior results. The group relentlessly pursues performance excellence through shared goals, shared leadership, collaboration, open communication, clear role expectations, and group operating rules, early conflict resolution, and a strong sense of accountability and trust among its members. So it's a long definition, but... It has everything in it. It's it, We're talking about goal-focused individuals. We're talking about different expertises. We're talking about complementary skills. We're talking about collaboration and innovation. And the end result, they're producing consistently superior results. They're relentlessly pursuing performance excellence. They, they're sharing their goals. They're retrospecting. They're continuing to grow. They have open communication. They, they have clear role expectations. They know on their team who is doing what. They have working agreements. They can deal with conflict. And they, they have this sense of accountability and trust. So to me, this is our perfect scrum team, our high-performing scrum team, encompassing all of this. And I, to that, I'm going to say, easier said than done. <laughs> I thought you were going to say unicorn or something like that. That's no, what I n- no, I, no. I mean, while I think the definition is a little wordy, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll ask you this question. Have you ever worked with a team that you think fits this definition? I have, but not a lot. I have. I, I can remember one team in particular that fits this definition, but it fitted the definition for a while, and then the team was changed up, mm-hmm. and we started back again. So, I mean, think back to to something you and I have talked about: our forming, storming, norming, performing with our right. teams. Every time we change that dynamic, we go back to forming. So it's not until the fourth stage of team development that we're really getting high-performing teams. So even if you do have it, it, it's short-lived. But the benefit of a scrum master is, um, or agile leaders or product owners, you're going to get the team back there faster. Right, right. You cycle back faster. Yeah, absolutely. Because they will clear roadblocks. They will coach the team on how to deal with collaboration and conflict and things like that. So, I mean, I it's a struggle for some teams, but it's when we find that team where they work together and they're at this level, my suggestion is always that we keep the team together and we bring the work to the team. I think when we talk about that fifth stage of team development, the adjourning or the morning phase, when we divide the team up to multiple different teams, 
then we, we're having to build everything from scratch. But if our team finishes the product they're working on, maybe it rolls to a support team, then why not bring the new piece of work to our high-performing team? Because then they hit the ground running. Again, right. not always possible, but that's always a preference if I can. I mean, I've worked with what I would consider high-performing teams. Mm-hmm. Teams that, you know, from end to end, you know, mm-hmm. you bring them an idea, they you know, they get it, they can conceptualize it, you know, once you, you know, through all the ceremonies, the entire process, they're just on the ball, they know what to do, they deal with, um, if there's an issue that comes up, they can deal with it, they don't, they're not looking for somebody to hold their hand, they, they, they're professionals, they're, they're craftsmen, they know what to do, they get the job done. Yeah. Um, as opposed to, you know, some teams I have worked on with that I've struggled to get to, you know, a performance where they're just they just seem to be waiting for somebody else to make the decision or tell them what to do. You yeah, know, they're 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 really waiting for leadership rather than going, oh, we're you know, this is, uh, you know, it's not that they're a leaderless team but they're a team that can make these decisions together. And maybe it's because they're not aligned. Mm-hmm. I think when you have a high performing team, obviously implied and all that, I don't know if they actually ever said the word aligned, but they're people that, you know, are aligned. Yeah. There's, there's nobody on the team that goes, well, I don't, I don't understand, or uh, we should do it differently. Like there are people that are like, that's okay. That sounds great. Let's try it. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and I think are... it's the shared goal and shared leadership is, is where that would hopefully come together. Yeah. The, and the collaboration. Yeah. Collaboration as opposed to just like going, uh, I don't want to, uh, yeah. or I think we need to do this big thing rather than, you know, they're just people there. We, you know, when you have somebody on a team who's just not on the same page. Yeah. So why do we want high-performing teams? What are the benefits you've seen from high-performing teams? Throughput, throughput, throughput. Yep. Throughput is the name of the game in Scrum. When I have a high-performing team, we have 100% success in our sprints. You know, we get everything done unless, like, get get lab was down for like three days. Yeah. And that's like, that's what I consider like a natural disaster act of God. No, nothing was moving or, you know, there was a, there was some infrastructure problem where we just couldn't move our code, not the team's fault. Something external to the team prevented them from being 100% successful. But when you have a really high performing team, I've always said that every successful sprint buys you your freedom because you've met your commitments to the organization and the organization eventually gets the message we don't need to watch these people. They do what they say they're going to do and we can leave them alone. And that's for me, we're, we're high performing teams are, 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 you know, they are, they're getting their work done and yeah. the throughput is there and that no one can argue with results. Yeah. And I think you're talking in terms of output, which yes. is which is is the the number one on all of the lists that I yep. sort of look at, but also number I mean further down it the list are the outcomes. So the output 
um, leads to various different outcomes. So we've right. got better decision making. Yeah. We've got higher team or higher employee satisfaction. We've got better adaptability and resilience. Hopefully we've got enhanced learning and development and the team mm -hmm. continuing to grow each other. And then yep. all of this is getting a better product into the hands of our customers. So right. yeah. I was going to. I was going to say that what would would go with a high performing team because mm -hmm. we were talking offline about I'm dealing with this team where they just haven't taken any ownership over the product. Yeah. A high performing team has total ownership over their product. Mm -hmm. They are subject matter experts, not in you know Java or HTML or whatever the, the their computer skill set is. They are experts at this product. They built it. They maintain it. It's their code. So when you come to them with an idea, they're ready to give you not they're, they're ready to, to, to tell you the best way to do things. They're ready to tell you, I we know what you want. We can give you 50% right now. This other 50% is a big deal. And you know, again, because they're high performing and their their output is so strong. They've won your trust and product yeah. knows that when they tell them, hey, this is what the deal is, product trusts them. And yeah. that 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 comes from real ownership over the product. Yeah. And it's the team having this growth mindset that yes. when they're asked something, well, you know what, we may not know exactly how to do it, but we'll work it out. We trust yep. ourselves yep. that we've got the capabilities on our team to work out the yes. best way to deliver it. So yes. I, I think all of that sort of ties into making sure that we've got trust and we support each other and we've got this growth mindset and we're con always continuing to grow and learn. Yeah, I, I, sorry, go. No, no, I'm just going to say, I think it makes me think of something you said earlier on and um, about teams, and that is we need to make sure that the goals are clear and aligned. And I think that is one of the benefits that Scrum brings to our teams because we have our product goal, we have our sprint goal. So the teams are always aligned every two weeks, if you're doing two week sprints and what we're delivering in the next two weeks. And then from a product goal delivery standpoint, maybe if we're delivering in once a quarter, we know what our goal is. So they are, I think Scrum helps teams get high performing faster because we have the clear roles and responsibilities or beg your pardon, accountabilities. And we have the, the goals and, and everyone is clear on what the sprint goal, product goal, things like that. So I think Scrum is a way to help our teams be and or, or certainly journey towards high performance. And, and I will give you my perspective on why that is. And that is because Scrum doesn't allow the team to be thrashed the way a project-based model does, right? So when you spin up a project with a fixed date and fixed team in this project plan, right? Yeah. Six months, nine months, three months, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. What we know is no one can stick to that plan. Yeah. Like the people who are coming up with this, they're going to try and jam in new things. There's going to be issues. There are going to be things that just couldn't have been figured out beforehand that are going to emerge. Scrum says, let's we're doing in these two week bursts. 
We're going to work on what's valuable. You know, you've got, this is what's valuable to you today. I don't assume it's valuable to you in two months. Yeah. But we're going to work on, you know, and, and it doesn't allow the team to be thrashed. And that's why they can be get, they can get to high performing faster is those cycles and that protection that Scrum gives them. And, and really what it's doing is it's carving out that space for them to figure out how to do their best work. Yeah. As opposed to like, well, I have to hit that date in February. So we got to go, go, go. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this sprint, this is, this is the mistake we made. Okay. Let's adjust. Hey, we need you to get up to speed. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. the, the, that the, the shorter cycle times, the focus on value, the, the just the future doesn't exist. That's what's going to get you to a high performing team faster. And also these people kind of know that they're persistent over time, as opposed to this other team. The other team is, it's a lot like being a senior in high school or college, you know, particularly let's take high school. What happens your second semester of your senior year in high school, at least in the U S we're only going to speak to the U S you kind of know where you're going to college. So you start to check out, you get senioritis. You know, so for some people, it's just like, well, this project's coming to an end and I'm already kind of joining that other project that I'm going to be on. I'm in those planning meetings. I'm sort of already leaving the team right now, as opposed to our persistent scrum teams who are like, I own this. This is mine. I maintain it. Yeah. So do you think the involvement with our stakeholders and our customers um, because in, in Scrum and in, in sprint reviews and things like that, do you think that has any impact on um, high performance? Yes, 100%. 100%. Because it puts people in the room and they talk to each other and they, if they're doing it right and they're really taking advantage, they're asking the smart questions. They're generating ideas. They're collaborating Right. With these people and they don't feel that they're just some business person who's out to get them. Yeah. I see it more of a partnership. I see it with one of the teams I'm on where, you know, a couple of my developers and my product owner are in the same office and they're buddies and they talk and they let me know. They're like, oh, yeah, we met with him yesterday. We smoothed that thing out. It's like fantastic. Great. You have a relationship with that person, which I've been trying to cultivate. And you, there's no fear there of disappointing someone that you perceive to be above you in the hierarchy. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we're trying to smash is that notion that this product owner is, or even the scrum master is some manager that you're answering to, as opposed to somebody on your team that you're collaborating with. And I think so, it helps with the why, because yeah. you're seeing your, your customer at least twice a week, hopefully more, mm-hmm. and you can get the 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 reason behind the why if you need to for the for the backlog items you're working on, why we want them delivered in this order, what the benefit is, why we want to change our mind, maybe we're going to change something in the next release. I think that level of of involvement and partnership is is critical in helping high performing teams. Right. Right. And the non-high performing teams, I think, are just too focused on the how. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. somebody told them what they wanted and they just go right to how and they've got to meet this deadline. 
and they're they're just not focused on all the other stuff around it that yeah that makes you know that you're going to want to work with the people that you're with and you're going to want to you know you're going to have a a good time you're you're going to enjoy working with people and yeah. that's what we all want we talked about it before we'll talk about it again that's what we all want and i think scrum cultivates that in a way that project based work doesn't yeah, and and Scrum and the high performing teams. There was an article, um, Harvard Business Review, but wrote an article back in twenty twenty one. Collaboration and teams: five things high performing teams do differently. Number one, which surprises me, but may not surprise you, high performing teams are not afraid to pick up the phone. And right. I'm so, oh, well, this is pre-COVID. Well, no, it wasn't. This is during COVID. This is, you know what? We've at least got a daily scrum. But yep. if we need to ask a question, yep. we're not hitting reply all to that email no. for the 15th time. No. We're going to pick up the phone, get everyone on the phone, whether it's the phone or Zoom, even sort of ahead of not just sending Slack messages, but actually talking voice-to-voice -voice yes. communication. I mean, for pre-COVID, for me, it was very much we would do the daily scrum, and if someone was blocked, it's just like it's not like, well, I'll go back to my desk and write an email or write a Slack or whatever. It's like, I know where that person sits. Come with me. Let's go talk to that person. Yeah. Because I think that that for me, I got that message with Scrum. Like it is about face-to-face -face communication, mm -hmm. and I think that extends to everybody if someone is blocking us or somebody is you know tossing this stuff on our plate i should be able to go and have a face-to-face -face conversation with that person because i will get more done during that conversation or that phone call than i will in five emails or 10 slacks or whatever and because that just mm -hmm. there's just no i mean i can tell you time and time example after example where i've just gone to people and said what's going on but yep. I got the I got this ticket or I got this message from your minion. What's going on? Yeah. Just tell me. Yeah, verbalize and it. Let's communicate. I think that face-to-face -face communication principle yeah. applies to everybody in the food chain. And I, I can also tell you many times I've dealt with vendors and they're giving you sort of the runaround. And I've said to them, I've been like, listen, it's only developers on the call. I'm not looking to hang anybody I just want you to give me the unvarnished truth so that I can really plan accordingly. Face to face, here we are. You, yeah. you, I'm not going to use this against you. And they go, okay, well, here's why. Yeah. And it's just because people, dealing with people. So yeah. I, I think that high-performing teams absolutely talk and they're willing to reach out to people to get what they need and not some asynchronous uh type of communication or even waiting till the next daily scrum to say, Hey, scrum master, I need your help. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so uh, let, let's keep going through this. We may end up dividing this podcast in two, but okay. the, 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 the second one that the article says is high performing teams are more strategic with their meetings. And mm. to me, that is something that scrum has absolutely done for us. We've got our four core events with our mm -hmm. daily scrum, um, our sprint review, our sprint retrospective, and our sprint planning. To me, they are very strategic events. They have a mm -hmm. purpose, mm -hmm. and they've done away with all of the extra status mm -hmm. updates, hopefully, and things like that. So, again, I think that's one that that resonates. 
Yeah, because it's not, I've spun up some meeting and nobody knows why they're going to it. We know why we're going to sprint planning. We know why we're going to the daily scrum. We know why we're going to the retro. The agenda is baked into it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're a high performing team, you also know what you're bringing to that meeting and that you are always a participant and never just an attendee. Yeah, because you're focused, the purpose, you know what the, the yep. focus of the meeting, you know what the goal of the meeting is. So let's get in and, and get out. Let's get in, get out. Here's what we want to talk about. Yeah, it, because we're trying to get you out of all those dumb meetings. Yeah, yeah. Hi, it's Kate. This conversation about high-performing teams went quite long, so we're actually going to divide it into two podcasts. So next week, make sure you tune in for part two of High-Performing Teams. Thank you for joining us today. You will find us on Twitter at Arclight Agile. You will also find us on LinkedIn at forward slash Arclight Agile. So share your thoughts with us on this episode and send us any topics you'd like us to discuss in the future.